All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Restoration Rebel Roundtable for the 7th of August already, 2018. My name is Andy McCabe. I am your Restoration Rebel leader for now until Clark beats me up. We'll see. Uh, before we start every meeting, we do this. We read the four agreements. It's dark in here. I'm going to turn the light on. These are the agreements that we've all agreed to, committed to, their commitments. And the reason, let me, let me reiterate something tonight. Since I am not wearing sleeves, I can be a little bit more boisterous. We, um, there's a reason these things exist. And they're not just for fun. They're not just because Andy needed something to sound official. If we commit to applying these four principles in our businesses and in our lives and in this group that we have all decided to be a part of and contribute to, if we adhere to these things in unity, everything changes for the better. But as soon as we start picking and choosing, saying, you know what? I liked one and two. Three and four, eh. It doesn't work that way. Because these, if we do these things, it takes the power away from the current power structure. It allows us to tell our clients, empower our clients, and, and tell the adjusters that are trying to tell us what to do, it allows us to tell them what to do. Because guess what? These are our rules now, because this is our game. We let you play it for a, a little while, 20, 30 years. We let you play your game, or our game your way, now we're going to play our game our way. That's what the commitment's about. It's about taking all the leverage away from folks who have had leverage on us for far too long. All right, enough rambling. Let's do it. Rebel commitments. In order to maintain clarity of purpose, we ask that every member of the rebel community make the following commitments. Number one, I will protect the value of my services. I will never provide free services as this would only serve to erode the value of similar services industry-wide. Wardlaw much? Hmm. Rytec much? Okay, commitment number two. I will practice incredible transparency. I will explain our processes in detail to my client. I'll never hide details or manipulate reports. I will never communicate with a third party without also communicating with my clients. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. Don't let them call you and have a phone conversation that your client is not a party to. Does you no good. Commitment number three, I do not believe in competition. The restoration professionals in my market are part of my community. I will be an active member of that community. It is our unbreakable unity that will create the change that we strive for. We have two members of the newly minted Colorado chapter in here tonight, and I am so excited. So excited. I'm going to wait to read the last one to get Vanessa George in the room. Get in here, Vanessa. Commitment number four, I am willing to walk away from any project, client, or contract that is not compatible with my values and stated mission. Good business does not require us to give up money, sleep, or our humanity. For too long, we gave up all of those things. We'd wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, how am I going to make payroll? Or we'd, we'd like, oh, why did I sign that contract? Why did I agree to do that loser job? Oh, because the adjuster said he'd make it up on the next one. They never make it up on the next one. All right. There we go. 
Boom, put those back up on the wall. We should, we should make a poster of those. That's, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna do that and put it on Shopify. Did you know we have a Shopify store? Yeah, we have mugs, mugs and stuff. All right, Clark is probably still on that phone call. Uh, Jonathan Grubb bowed out already, and uh, uh, I guess it's me. All right, I can't step away yet. Fine. First, we introduce who's here for the first time. There's got there's one first timer here. Who's Carlos? This is your first. This is your first Restoration Rebel Roundtable, really? Yes, sir. It is. All right. Well, well, howdy doody. Uh, what's the name of your business? Where are you at? And what's your specialty? I'm going to say, how'd you find the Restoration Rebels? So yeah. we do mitigation and construction currently. However, we're going to go to straight mitigation, letting go of the reconstruction and taking on the asbestos. My background does come from the asbestos industry. Um, that's how I got into mitigation. I owned an asbestos company for a few years, sold that, started relying on restoration. And, um, you know, now I'm going back to asbestos, letting yeah. go of the reconstruction, focusing on just mitigation and asbestos. Yeah. Um, Denver, Colorado. Um, I found Restoration Rebel, I believe, on YouTube. I think I, I came across one of your videos, um, and it got my attention. And then I started looking into it, and I, I found the group on Facebook. Um, had a lot of people that um, I would would network with on the asbestos side. They were part of the group as well, so you know, I jumped right in. Perfect. I'm glad you did. I'm really glad you did. And you weren't, were you part of that, the, 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 uh, the Denver chapter meeting where Chansey took his phone around and introduced everybody? Yes, sir. I was there. So the first there. meeting. The first one. And you've had three now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. What's your take? What's your take? And, and I'll open the floor before we go to the next. I think Vanessa George has not been in a Restoration Rebel Roundtable before either. So she, prepare yourself, Vanessa. Take some notes. You're going to have to introduce yourself here shortly. Uh, <clears throat> Mark and Carlos, how have you found the chapters how, so far? I know it's, it's early. You've had three meetings. What's your, what's your takeaway, and what would you say to folks out there that haven't taken it upon themselves to develop their uh, own Rebel chapter yet? I'll let you go ahead and speak first, Mark. Okay, um, so basically we got our first three meetings out of the way. We started inviting people, and our object is is to grow the organization every time. So each time we have a meeting, we each try to bring at least one restoration company with us, so that way we can start multiplying the group. House. And Carlos and myself are uh, actually having a discussion about designing uh, a format that we're going to do. Obviously, we're going to start off with the uh, four um, – commandments that we need to follow and then we're going to set up an itinerary of what we're going to discuss each month and maybe have it ready to go for the following month so that way people can get interested Perfect. but the other thing that we were talking about doing was um, getting everybody else interested in speaking for themselves and sharing what they're doing so everybody can pick up on different nuggets rising tide floats all boats absolutely carlos yeah, I think between Mark and I, um, you know, Mark was networking with restoration companies far before he even found Restoration Rebel, and I was doing the same thing. 
We already know all the restoration companies out here, and I think it's going to grow very, very quickly. You know, I found something interesting this week. Last couple of weeks, um, I'm connected with 10,700 people on LinkedIn. So I've got a pretty good reach on, on the LinkedIn space. I started intentionally connecting with more auto body shops. You know what I found? I can, I'm probably connected with two or 300 different auto body shop owners and operators now they have the exact same problems. They're talking about the exact same things we are with a different slant, right? Because it's autos or houses, but the adjusters are playing the same games. The carriers are playing the same games. The third-party reviewers are doing the same stuff. I'm excited to see if we can get the rebel chapters going. What about we brought in uh, the auto guys from another side? I'm, I'm just saying, just thinking out loud. Thinking out loud. Clark, I'm glad you joined us. We've got one more newcomer here to introduce. Vanessa George, where are you from? How'd you find us? And what do you guys do? Oh, I'll, 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 there you go. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello. I had my headphones in. I'm from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Yes. And I, I do, I'm not, I don't do restoration. I actually do the billing for restoration companies. Ah. So, Okay. A little bit on the other side of things. Uh, I just I saw y'all because I was looking for more information on stuff. My partner, she's been in the business. Uh, actually, started out working out for Mark with Mark. Unmute your thing. Mark Whitridge. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. How long has Karina been doing the the? Uh, Karina's been in the restoration like industry probably twenty-six years. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's a good long time. So when you say billing, you mean exactimate, estimate, exactimate, and yeah, and invoicing it, invoicing it, it. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. There's a lot more people doing that now than there were five years ago when I started. It's a big space. I'm very relatively new. My husband's a general contractor, so I do okay. his as well, and he's. He has he teams up with the restoration company here. In most of your most of your clients local, or do you have a national? No, I have uh, two in Cali two in California, three or four in Colorado, uh, one in Texas, and I think I just got another new one in Virginia. Good for you. Good for you. Yep. Uh, we were talking before you got on the call about claims that keep going on and on and on. I'm working a local claim from two years ago. You've got to still be working. There's got to be contractors in Houston. They're still going to be working. Oh, from the flood? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forever. Yes. They're, uh, he's actually about to just uh, start a house, a complete rebuild for a, a home that was just finally demoed it. Finally, yeah. Or no, it's been demoed and he's finally about to start to lay the slab down. So. Incredible. Yeah, and he's still fixing houses from uh, the flood. Oh, I'm sure. Well, Vanessa, thanks, thanks for tracking us down, and thanks for. Yeah, I had, actually had an interesting day today. Uh, State Farm has got a new policy apparently about um, uh, when they think you uh, send an invoice that's too high, that they just do a comparative based on another mitigation company's what they would charge, and oh, and they just they, pay that, and then they just they send it to the check. This is check to the homeowner and don't uh, communicate with you whatsoever. Yeah, that's not new. <laughs> I've never had that happen. I've never had that happen. Welcome, welcome to my world, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not even like, 
no communication. No oh no. Comparative no. Nothing. Zero F's given. Just gonna oh oh Wardlaw, are you busy today? Oh, write me up a mitigation uh, invoice. It's, oh, put I want address. Yeah, put this address on it and you know, aim for thirty five hundred bucks. I gotta I gotta submit an email send it all an email that I uh, with Wardlaw that I had. They ended up, I ended up making the price higher than the original. Oh, guys, they, guys, they stopped get, fighting me. <laughs> we're getting dangerously close. Why don't they just quit paying claims altogether? I mean, we're, <laughs> we're <going. laughs> where where does it stop? Where is that point where they say, "Well, we gotta pay"? I mean, why not just say, "I'm gonna give you a dollar a square foot"? <sighs> if they call that standard. Couldn't they pay a dollar a square foot off their right? If they could get somebody to do it for a dollar square foot, I mean, I could get somebody to paint my entire house for $310, but it wouldn't look very good. It would not look very good. And, and that's why this rebel group, that's why this restoration 2.0 needs to get the fuck on the mountain yes, and, and start instructing homeowners. Yes, sir. Pick your, yes, sir. Pick your insurance better. That's the fight. This room, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm going to go get my Steelers Jersey because for Chris Laney, <laughs> This room is. This is great that we talk about it, but we got to damn do something, and that's what these chapters are going to be. Amen, amen. All right, Brian, Brian Daltrey has a second meeting. We'll see you guys a little bit. I'll check in. Brian Daltrey out of Ohio. Anybody know Brian? He owns a company called Drive Patrol. He had a first meeting with an attorney general who was extremely interested in his stack of paper of exactimates from seven, eight, nine, ten years ago that have not moved. And all of the emails from homeowners saying, I got a shadow on my face. I got some lighting issues. Yeah, that's too much. Some from, from homeowners emails saying, I was told y'all were too high. You wouldn't price within Xactimate, which is industry standards and, and blah, blah, blah. And then he showed all of his claims, how much he's got out and unpaid and liens that he has with his homeowners. The attorney general called him back today. He texted me and said, they want me to come back in but they want me to get 15 to 20 other contractors in my area doing the same thing. That's a rebel. That's a rebel chapter. Cause I'm sure we all have the same story, right? So, I mean, but when are they just going to say, well, we'll pay a dollar a square foot, Man, about a dollar 10 a square foot on Sundays. And that's about it. No, no. Okay. Well, I told everybody it was open night tonight, open mic. Joe's not here to cuss, and he's not here to take over. So I'm letting Carlos and Chris and Vanessa, and I see Sherry's up there. I'm going to let y'all talk, or we can just sit here in some awkward silence. I see Danny Strong from, like, from here up. I can just tell you, Clark, that you and a Steelers jersey can stand in front of me. I'd have a pellet gun and just pelt you. Look at, look at all this fat. Look at all this fat. Pellets wouldn't hurt me. Super Bowl champions, baby. Super Bowl champions. Fill it. Back to back this year, baby. I'm sure glad. I'm sure glad his internet sucks because I can't hear anything you're saying. Chris, your internet. No, did Blaine leave? Chris, your internet is terrible, so I didn't hear any of that. Anyway, what up? What's everybody else been up to? What's what's going on? You know, I've been like I said earlier. I've been. Um, it's kind of a, my internet suck. 
can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you, Carlos. So I'm, um, you know, just converting the reconstruction, letting that go, um, building those relationships with contractors. This, this is my idea on it, right? Is I'm, I'm referring out all my reconstruction work, and in return, these con construction companies are referring mitigation work to me. Um, I've already got two commercial jobs that I'm actually looking at tomorrow on mitigation, a big mold job. Um, so it's been working out pretty well for me on that side. You know, is that more is that more mold work, non-emergency? Because I, my question is, is are the construction companies getting a lot of first notice of loss on water damages and emergency services? You know, I think so. Um, this is an older loss. This happened during the hailstorms last month. Um, they let it go for about a month, and uh, it just started growing mold. So now they're really not in a hurry. They're trying to get some estimates on it, and they're going in there giving an estimate. Hopefully getting the job, but we'll see. It would have been a lot cheaper as a water damage than it is a mold, right? No joke. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see who else. I think everybody on here I've met. Vanessa, I, I, I came in and heard. Um, I see Dawn is down there. Hello, Dawn. Um, Jason Harper from Savannah. I saw Lindsay, Janie. I mean, I, I don't know, Jesse. This is what, I mean, what, what do y'all want to talk about? We had a couple different um, – we had some more threads in the group this week about got almost to the house and the homeowner told me, um, you know, homeowner told me that the insurance company scared them off and, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So we, we, that's, that's becoming an every week thing. Um, what do y'all think? Smart. Oh, hold on a second. Am I, am I breaking up? No, I can hear you. Now, Clark, are you able to let uh, people into the room? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to keep Stephen out, so yeah. Are you? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's in. Stephen. Yeah, Stephen's here. I couldn't. I couldn't keep him out. Sorry. How about me, Ken? I don't. No, I, you're out, Ken. I can't hear you. <laughs> you can't hear me. <laughs> I like it. That's good because if you can't see me, I'm feeling like I'm looking in the window from outside. You know, you guys don't know I'm out here watching. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And then I think Sean Connor just came in. Sean's been a member of ours for a while. So, look, I, I, I kind of made a video before we started. And, you know, and, and some of you are new, won't have the past to reference, but these roundtables used to be much larger. And I think Danny and Donald remember. And, and I just wonder, you know, I mean, Anything, you know, if you eat, if you eat, we all love green M&Ms, but if you eat them every single day, you get tired of green M&Ms, right? I don't care how good something is. So I wonder if we, have we run the course of this platform or this format and what, what's more engaging? Um, I was looking for that because I'm all about making it something where everybody looks forward to and not just like a, oh, here comes Tuesday. We got the round table again, which is, which is kind of where I'm at just because the last few weeks, I'll be honest, I feel like, you know, it's just like we're, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it happens in the, in the room and we kind of beat it up and kick the dead horse and maybe that's part of it. So um, I don't know anybody's input on that. Um, Steven's got his hand raised. Go ahead, Mr. Ardno. Hey, where's my video at? Can you even hear me? 
I can hear you, but I don't. Like see I can't you. even see myself. I like to see myself when I talk, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't see you, buddy. Yeah, but at least you can hear me. So here's the deal, right? Tell me. So the first time in the, like the last ten water jobs, I didn't collect from the homeowner, right? Thirty-six thousand dollar water mitt. Now I'm five weeks out. Now I'm mad. So, so you're, welcome to our world, Stephen. No, no, no. This is my ballpark, right? This is my rules. And here's where I'm at now. From now on, first part of the conversation is, here's my bill, right? Right with the homeowner at the table. I'm not sucking anything up until we agree that you're going to pay my invoice. Okay. Insurance or no insurance. Look, somebody's got to be responsible, and I shouldn't have to finance the insurance. So they told the homeowner, okay. look, do not pay this invoice until we review it. He's overcharged you. So now they've put me in a bad spot with the homeowner who had a tragedy, right? Now I've got to come back and play Mr. Uh, hey, I'm on your side. We did everything by the book. Here's the signed contract. Here's the signed invoice, right? So here's my beef. I need somebody to teach me T&M, right? I'm not going line items no more. It doesn't matter, Stephen. Sorry to hit you with that, but it T&M or Xactimate don't matter. You will run in the exact same problem. Stephen, they, they hold the cards. Stephen, they, they have they hold the cards. They've built a relationship with that homeowner long before you ever existed. That's built in that they're supposed to trust their insurance company and that sure. what they say. And then the, the fear of not getting paid to pay you at all. And if they come into financial crisis, owing you the fear of that outweighs their concern with their health or the quality of the contractor, honestly. And that's not every homeowner, but homeowners will pick not having to pay it out of pocket over having a quality job done. Right. But make me the bad guy who has to now put a lien on your house because I'm at that window where I can't go a day later. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, where do you, where do you, where do you get off the bus and say, okay, I did the work, but I'm going to eat the loss today. No, you today, you do what you said. You just gotta, and again, there's, there's companies out there, Z lean and, and RSG that are collecting jobs for this happens every day to every one of them. Everybody, me used to happen to me. It happens to everybody. Here. You just, uh, I, I hate to say you just haven't had it happen. That, that, that snake hadn't bitten you yet, but, that is the treacherous world. And I think the bigger the city, I think Chris, Chris deals with that crap all the time. I know Danny does, but you got to be willing to say, if you're not going to pay me on my day that I finish this job, you got to be willing to walk away from the job because they're going to find somebody else that's ready to swoop in with a cape and take those terms and, and finance the job. I, I think your challenge is going to be, I mean, think about it. $36,000 mitigation or, $10,000 mitigation. How many homeowners have that cash sitting around? Yeah. Well, I mean, just, you're in a million dollars. Don't. Don't. 
You weren't you weren't complaining yeah, but, when I was on the job tearing out your moldy kitchen cabinets, right? Well, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, so what are you the only do? challenge? So let's let's teach these young guys like myself. Okay, what do we do now? Right? Got a thirty six thousand dollar mitt out there. You don't want to be the guy that puts a lien on a million dollar house, but you're going to have to do something business wise, right, Chris? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you a question. When you were sitting at the, when when you were sitting at their kitchen table before that loss occurred, what was the price on your contract for that work? Okay, so I present my contract along with my price list, right? Okay. Your price list, okay. So here's the yeah. problem. If I'm the consumer, Steve, if I'm the consumer, you hand me a price list. So what? You want me to just open a blank checkbook? So basically what you're telling me is you have no idea what it's going to cost to do this job. Correct? I won't hire you. I will not hire you in my home. Okay. And no homeowner should hire anybody that can't put a number before they complete the work. I don't care if it's a, a, a $5,000 mitt or a $150,000 mitt. The last $150,000 mitt we did, we had a number on the contract before we started. Period. You have to put a number to the work. Otherwise, you're leaving an open-ended at the end. Now your homeowner is sitting here with their carrier, and they don't know who's screwing them. Is the homeowner screwing them, or, or is the contractor screwing them, or is the carrier screwing them? They don't know. They're not educated enough. Yes, we have to do better to educate the clients. I don't disagree with that. The challenge becomes if you don't put something on them and say, you're going to owe me this. Now, our, our contract reads that that price can go up or down. Sure. But you, we try to put a number to it, and that will at least hold them to that number, that homeowner. Because if you go in and do a $36,000 job, I don't care if you're in a million-dollar house. That guy probably doesn't have that cash. Right. He probably doesn't. He's got a four or $5,000 a month mortgage payment. Just a million-dollar house is not – I mean, out where Clark's at, those things are a dime a dozen. So it is a challenge, bud. Okay, so – But we all deal with it every day. Okay, so, Chris, your advice, right? So I'm on the job site. Homeowner – says, I say, hey, look, we're on the job site. We need to, you know, yada, yada, yada. They're an hour and a half away, right? They, they're they not you there, but you they wait. authorize work through email, like on the contract. It doesn't matter, Stephen. So you're telling me Here to give you our price. Yeah, I always did. So I think it's – I'm looking at the definition of contract. And so a contract is a binding agreement that it has to have a certain number of things. What you're going to do, how long it's going to take you to do it, and how much you're going to do it for. I know you don't always know those things, but you can get a pretty good idea with saying this is an estimated budget. So at a very minimum, I'm charging you for this. Anything over and above is going to turn into a change order. That's a transparent way to do it. So at Michael and Son, that's what we yes. do. Every job, every job was a number up front, whether it meant for them to decide whether they wanted to make a claim or not. It was right at their deductible. 
or $5 over the deductible. But we, we told them that is just for what I can see off of this basic general assessment that I just made. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And guess what? If they're two hours away and they need to see it, then they need to wait for you two hours. And by the way, you charge X amount per hour in wait time. You need to get your butt over here and take a look at it. I wouldn't walk into a restaurant an Outback, if I didn't know what the dinner was going to cost, I wouldn't walk in there and order and get a, a bone steak, a T-bone, and a ribeye, and dessert, and then you hand me a $642 bill and say, what am I going to do? I can't walk out of here. They're not going to let me walk out of there. They're going to call the cops, right? It's really the same. We've allowed this to get to this point where we become the bank, but we do. you do need to create some pricing up front. And with the line item pricing, you have the capability of doing that. Does anybody else do that here? I always did. I've got a question about for you creating first. a macro. <clears throat> what? You're talking about creating like a, a macro system ready to go for a clean water loss and a, a, a number two loss or a cat three loss. So that way you already have it. You, you can just get to the room and drop that price in. Macro would work. But listen, if you're a restorer, if you've got any skill to be an estimator and kind of, if you can develop the scope of work, you can decide, you can put a dollar amount to that scope. If you can come up with what needs to be done, come up with a price for it. Hold on a second. Marshmallow, Dad. Marshmallow, Dad. Chris, is that what you do? Do y'all do y'all price up front? Yeah, so in our state, it's the law over 150 bucks. It's the law in a lot of states. I, yeah, Ohio for, too. So, yeah. Um, you have to provide a price to a homeowner up front. You sit in court and the judge is standing there and says you didn't provide him a price. I would be hard pressed that judge is going to grant you something. But so what we do, what we've changed over to, we used to use the, the paper and the Excel spreadsheets. We used to use Excel on computers. We did all of those things to create what we felt was going to be the best estimate. And I'll tell you, after 15 years of doing it, after we went to Ben's class, we're on Xactimate Mobile. All my PMs have iPads. They all got the D2s or the distro laser deals. And we're building them right there on site with our price list. And my guys are building $10,000 mitigation estimates in about an hour right there on site. Everything's done. It's finished. The homeowner wants to approve for us to start the extraction process while we're starting this documentation. We'll typically do that. So. There's always going to be, you know, three guys minimum that show up to that emergency. Two guys are going to start the extraction process. We'll have a number to you within an hour. If they're not home, it's very simple, very quick. It's an Adobe PDF. It can be signed on their phones. We're going to email you a copy of the estimate. We're going to email you a copy of the work authorization. You're going to remotely sign that via your phone on the phone while we're there. You're going to send it back. My guys cannot start work basically over and above that little extraction until those things are done. And we found it to be a lot more transparent. And what, what happens is when adjuster calls, so we got a loss this morning at eight o'clock at 12 o'clock, the adjuster calls at 1205. He had the estimate in his email box. This is the initial right here, right now. It makes you live. We're living in a, a time that everybody wants something now. And that is very difficult for service providers, I believe. I think it's one of the hardest things we deal with, trying to get them the information live. But that's what we do. So let's think about other trades. Plumbers, HVAC, remodel, 
driveway pouring, you don't tell him just get started and tell me at the end what it's going to cost. Well, no, my plumber. No, that's not true because my HVAC guy comes out. I say, hey, I need service on my HVAC twice a year, spring and fall, right? Because I want it cleaned. He comes out. He drops me a bill when he's done. But what for the question? But you, you've already predetermined what the cost is going to be for the clean, right? If you've got a condenser that's out and it's going to be 1800 does he go ahead and fix it without your approval? What if it's thirty-six grand, Stephen? Oh, so is he? Does he have? Does he have your approval to fix whatever it is, no matter what it is, without telling you how much it's going to cost? Well, I've never. Guess I've had to question it. Well, like I've never had to have that work done. But, but that's what we're doing to homeowners. We're just we're just springing them with the bill, saying. You don't know what this is going to cost, but you're going to love it when you see it. You know no, I mean? when I get when I get there and I show them my price list, I put out there what I think it's going to take to do the mitigation. Oh, so you are. Right? Okay. So, so on this one, I did not because the homeowner was not there, right? Didn't even come there for the first 10 to 12 days. All she said was, look, do what you need to do. That was it. Never question or ask for price. So – Welcome to the. I'm educating her every day, sending her emails of what we did for that day and what we got for the next day. And so she never questioned anything, right? I didn't see her for like the first 10 days. We were already done. Now, normally I walk into a house, I assess the situation, I look for moisture, right? Tell them, hey, look, I can write you up an, uh, an initial cost assessment. I do that on my spreadsheet. Say it's $4,000, right? I've got all my line items. I'm checking the boxes. I'm putting in my service call. I hand them the contract. I sit down at the table, and I hand them the initial assessment cost. I have them sign both of them right then and there with, that, with the fine print that says, hey, this is just – this is going to be an open-ended estimate, but this is what we anticipate without being able to break into those walls to see what's behind them. Well, here's my question. Then why do you feel bad about filing a lien? Because it sounds like you did everything you needed to do. I mean, well, because they're, I mean, to me, I'm just questioning, okay, what is my options here? Do I go back to the adjustment and say, okay, name your price. Let's, let's do this. And so we get it done. Or do I go, Hey, homeowner, I'm sorry that they're, pushing you into this corner, but I need my money. Well, you do know the insurance company would be happy to pay you 21000 and then without a question. They just wanted to dictate how much it is. Um, Danny, you had your hand raised a while ago, and then I've got, I've got Jason Harper with his hand raised. So, Danny, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't mean to raise my, raise my hand if I did. Oh, okay. Jason? Jason Harper? Nah. Yeah, the only reason I bring this up is because I want to learn from guys like Chris and you and all these other guys that have been pushed around for all these years, right? And I'm just – this is my first one. Well, don't, the, the well, secret is we're still getting pushed around anyway, but you can protect yourself. And if you're facing a judge, you want to have the right answers and not like a, a shrug of the shoulders. Go ahead, Chris. I interrupted you. 
I tell my PMs, don't let their problem become ours. Right. And when you when when you went about the process, so you talked about all these other claims that you've worked and you've done this other process and it's worked. Don't change the process because of a, a, a larger claim. The process stays the same, whether it's a $1,000 job or a $100,000 job. Your process should stay the same. And don't deviate from that. When you go and, and you're sitting there with that adjuster on that $36,000 job, you don't want to walk into that and say, well, let's go. Let's negotiate this thing out because I just need to settle this. Because now they got you. You're at a spot of desperation. You put together a $36,000 invoice for a reason. You need to stand on that. But you need to ask them if there's items within your estimate. All I need from you guys is to show me the documentation for the errors within my, my invoice or the items that you feel you need to discuss with me. Very simple. Provide those things. Let's go back and forth. Sometimes... What I did with Ward Law this week, right? I had a lady on the phone. I asked her for documentation. She said no. I said perfect. Let me talk to your supervisor. I know the super. I know the head of claims reviews at Ward Law, and so I just get chat on the phone. Sometimes you can't. You got to remember who you're speaking to. If you're speaking to somebody that doesn't have the knowledge base or the education base you have. Sometimes you just politely and professionally need to ask, can I speak with somebody else uh, within your organization or a supervisor that I can review this with? Because unfortunately, we're not coming to an agreement. And you have to say it just in that tone. It's not, it doesn't have to get personal and don't bring the emotion in it. But on that $36,000 job, I think in a way you allowed the client to dictate that process that ultimately put you in the shoes you're in. Sure. There's a couple of comments on Facebook. Um, Shane O'Dazier said he tried to jump in. He doesn't know that I blocked him. I'm kidding. Chad Holcomb, I lied out of my prices, gets you a lot closer to a final bill number. Highly suggest. Michael Bellor, Bellor agrees with Chris. You at least need a square foot price. So that's – start getting really good, Stephen, and just ballparking that. I mean, again, I, Chris, I bet you can walk into most jobs and kind of give – you kind of get a feel for, and Mark, Mark's probably the same way. You just feel like this feels like about a $30,000 job based on this many contents and this much water and this building material. I mean, you kind of get that. It's just like a, a, a sixth sense, right? Danny, do you get that sometimes? Yeah, we, we, we put a not to exceed on our, uh, our scope or it's, it's, uh, well, our, our scope is defined by the not to exceed that we put on the contract. Yeah. yeah. And obviously if that uh, scope changes, increases, then are not to exceed will reflect the change order to, to receive that change as well. Danny, are you an exactimate? Uh, we, we do probably 50-50 50, 50, 50 at this point between time materials or exactimate. Are you using PNM Pro with uh, Greg? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, I gave you his contact. Are you going to get all to him? Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything back from those guys. Um, yeah, he said he was on vacation this week. But, I mean, again, I, yeah. I think in either way, you can put a price up front. It doesn't have to be your final, but it is something, and it's, it's transparent. It's just, what, it's just what Danny just said. No matter what, I 
put a number on that contract. That that guys, I can't say how much that changes the ball game. And and it doesn't. It's you're still going to get negotiations. You're still going to get review. But in the end, at least I got something right here. I got a number that we all agreed to up front. Now you have we have change orders just like Clark talked about. And if we're going to exceed that, here's the change order, here's the price difference, and you turn those things in. At least you have the proper documentation. Are you going to get adjusters that are going to say you charge too much? Nine times out of ten, yes. Hey, guys, hold on for a second. Y'all just carry on. I'm going to push. So, Chris. So, a new guy, right? A new guy on the block, right? That's what I am. So, how far are you taking it uh, when you're working on this whole project? I mean, are you taking it from the water all the way back through the reconstruction? Because I remember seeing photos of you posting, look at my first reconstruction job, and you were putting the place back together before even getting paid. No, this is actually one that I did uh, about six uh, about six weeks ago, and so the homeowner bought built the house right, two hundred acres. It's beautiful home, right? They hadn't even moved in yet. Like they still live an hour and a half away, and so she called up on a Saturday morning with four days of flooded water in her house like immaculate house everything's flooded damaged and everything and she has the the actual builder meet me on site to let me in because she's not coming to the house but she wants to authorize everything through email and just says go for it right so you know i'm just trying to find what do you do as a new guy? Cause you're not going to go through there in my mind. I've never dealt with a big project like this. Right. And go, okay, that's $35,000 here. Sign here. I'm not that great of an estimator right now. I'm still learning. Right. But how do you get the, the client who's an hour and a half away to the table and say, yes, this is my estimate. I agree to it. You, you, I, I you, think there was a industry professional that said, going to sign your contract with, uh, with, with your projection on what the cost is going to be, then they're not worth being your customer. And they're not willing well, to pay you at the end. I think the, the time that you buy in the beginning, Stephen, is worth to not have to fight with what you're doing now. I don't think the problem is what you're dealing with. There is no problem with scope because you're talking about approvals. She approved it. I don't think that's in question. I don't even think it's the amount. People do jobs bigger than $35,000 all day long. You just got a hold of an adjuster that decided to say what he says. What if he didn't say you were too high? I don't think, I think you're, I think you're just dealing with another claim, whether it's 3,500 or 35,000, the size of it doesn't change. doesn't make you right or wrong. Um, and if you gave them, a, if you gave her an estimated number up front, then it's time to lean it. Actually, you should have leaned it weeks ago. Maybe. I don't know. It, it, the size and the complexity of the job don't change what the job it's still it's still a house built with the same materials and it has water in it and it has to be rebuilt so whether it's a million or a thousand you still put money into that job and you still have a contract and you are still transparent with your mouth yeah. you just treat it the same like 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 chris said it's you don't change your process based on 
if it's a if it's a Cape Cod style or a fly, or a trailer park, your process is your process, and you just go with it. Yeah, and I've got a guy that's going to have me do a hundred and fifty thousand dollar remodel in his house, and he lives in another state. We're never we're never going to shake hands, but we have an understanding, and we're going to have a contract. Carlos, you got your hand raised. Yes, sir. I'm really glad that we're talking about this because. I ran into the same situation. It's not thirty-six thousand, but it's around four thousand dollars. This project, same situation. This guy lives in California. He had called me for a water mitigation job. It was his air conditioning unit that leaked through two stories of his home. Um, the renter was there. It was a weekend job, so after our rates, it was about four thousand dollars, right? And um, on the contract, we put to be determined. We did not put a price on there. Now. The homeowner, as soon as he seen the price, he said, you didn't give me a fair shake at this. Um, you didn't give me a price, and the only thing I can afford is a 1000 bucks. But here's, here's my next question, because there, there was a local company here, and they were fairly large, um, and the owner and the general manager went to prison, right, for insurance fraud. <laughs> they ended up getting those guys for, um, it was like, sending fictitious stuff through the mail is what they got him for. But I was told from an adjuster that the reason why they started looking into these guys is because they were putting small numbers on their contract, let's say $3,000. And then at the end, they would invoice for another $10,000. So I haven't spoken to my attorney yet, but um, I was told that that would be legal to put a number on your contract and then to change it. Well, if your if your contract's a T and M contract, it's got a schedule of fees on it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't have to commit to them. Before you, oh, real quick, before you do the additional work above and beyond the number on your contract, there's a change order in place before that work before yes, that yes. work is done. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. Mi- the minute someone exceeds what the original number was, you're yes. now you're, you're now in you're not in breach, but you're in well, you're, you're in outside very, very contract. Very, you're outside. Yeah, you're, very, you're outside of your contract. Right. They didn't. Yeah. They, they didn't agree to. Here, let me Change let me get, let me go over something here we that I Sean. This, let me go over. We got Sean waiting patiently with his hand raised, car. So just, Sean, just, go ahead, just you know. Yep. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. That's Long it. time no see. You're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Good to see you, man. Well, good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah. Too long. Too long. California yeah. man. <laughs> that was a good trip. Yeah. Look like you know, a good it was. It was great, man. It's, I got to quit traveling, though. I haven't been working. I'll travel. <laughs> it's been like four months. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm hearing, you know, the conversation. And, uh, you know, I agree with the uh, what I'm hearing from Chris. You know, prices up front, change orders. It's all good. I think whether you do that or you don't do that, communication with the adjusters, with the homeowners, and whether it's I recorded on our line or I've really got down to where I try to keep it all the email and you have a record of it. Yep. Is you doing that as you go when you're saying, Hey, this is what we're gonna do. You know, do you all approve that? Are you okay with that? Mm. You know, it's, it's as we gain that record going all the way through, really, really makes things smoother in the end. But you know, I've been doing this for a lot of years. And I don't, up till this point, I don't give a price up front. And I've done many, many large jobs. I don't do very many uh, small jobs. I mean, uh, unless you're calling small eight or 10, 12 grand, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm doing 4,000 or 60,000. 
the results always the same. I always have that kickback. I always hear that argument with the insurance. I'm always a sleazeball, um, 10 times over anything they've ever seen. No and, one else uh, in your market charges for that. No one else. But I always have one question. And that is, what line items do you have issues with? Yeah. Bingo. And, and every time when I'm hearing them argue that, they say, well, you know what? Give us a few days to go look at that and, and we'll get back to you. Well, if you looked it over, why do you have to go look at that? But that's fine. They go look at it and they come back. And where they wanted to pay four thousand, they say, "You're right. We were wrong. It's eight thousand. Let's write a check." Well, okay. Well, we're still twenty grand off. What line items do you have issues with? Well, let me go look, and we'll come back. So they go take a couple of days, come back, and they raise it again. At the end, we end up at twenty thousand dollars. They don't have an issue with a single line item. It is so simple. All you have to do is to know your craft mm-hmm. and do everything by the industry standard. And then ask what line items you have issues with. At the end of the day, if we're doing it per industry standard, how are they going to decline it? We're working on the same software that they're working on. We're on the same price list. So the Shouldn't question be. is, should we have done the item or should we not have done the item? Yep. I've never had right. problems. You know, I, I hear this. I don't like the arguments. We hear, I hear it constantly. I don't think that I'm gaining friends doing it the way that I do it but I don't think they're make, looking to make friends to begin with. No, they're not. I build what I bill. I find my own work, and uh, I don't have a problem getting paid. I get calls from uh, from people, from friends in the industry, which have adjusters that have told them they're absolutely not going to pay them anything. Hmm. It takes me about three to four or five phone calls, and I have them a check. It's very simple. What line items do you have issues with? document your stuff, record it, don't make it a conversation that only you and that individual know you were having. Copy your uh, copy your your homeowner, your client on every one of those emails. Yeah. Every email back and forth, copy them on it. And take a note from the uh, the last podcast, leave the pronouns out of it. It's not my estimate or your estimate, it's the estimate. What what it's not which one of my line items do you have a problem with? No. Which one of the line items do you have a problem with? Yes. It got Steven just ch- said here, I wonder if someone would let me see their operation on for a couple of days on my dime. That's what the chapters are about. It's, it's other people looking at how they resolve these same issues or maybe not resolve them, but how they best prepare themselves to fight for them. So what I was going to say a while ago, and, and I used this earlier, Andy, a, a plumber. I'm ABC Plumbing Company, and I go out to your house. Hold on a second. I got to meet some people. I got him. Okay. I go to your house, and I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing, and it's going to cost you $1,200, $1,400. And it doesn't matter. Maybe it's 32000 At that point, the homeowner says, um, you know, you're, you're giving them a price, and the homeowner says, well, I don't have that much money. The plumber doesn't just run in and say, well, let me just go ahead and get started. <laughs> right? But that's what we do. And listen, we do it because we don't know where the next loss is coming from all the time. Right? So it's always feast or famine. And and the plumber, his boss, the owner won't let them just go and do jobs without getting secured a payment, right? On a contract. So they say, because they're paying – so I just worked for a company. It's not long ago. Big company. Let's just 
but your average plumbing company pays fifteen thousand dollars a month for advertising. Excuse me, plumbing company. So they are paying top dollar to be advertising, commercial, radio ads, to make sure they keep getting those calls because they know that every day they've got two other, you know, listen, if they say, oh, I don't want to pay $1,200, I'm going to call Joe the plumber. And Joe's going to come over and say, oh, it's $400, but he's not going to fix all the same stuff. And I just think we run our companies in the wrong way. I do. I think we, well, we allow ourselves to get to this point. We allow I, the leverage to be applied to us. Yeah. We and give we them the, the lever. We, we use the excuse that, that homeowners don't have that much money. They, they, it's a financial burden to own a home that you're responsible for. That. Give them financing options. I told everybody here, pick up financing as an option to give every single customer, and that's how you're going to get paid. But if you're not willing to walk away when they say, well, I can't pay you $12,000, and I can't guarantee you that my insurance is going to pay you, how do you proceed at that point? You say, well, okay, we'll get started anyway. Mm. Show me the <laughs> show me the room. You better be prepared to roll the dice at the casino with that money. Exactly. exactly. Why not play the stuff? Why not buy Bitcoin instead? Your chances are just as good. Uh, Rich has had his hand raised for a little while. You still got something to say there, Rich? I'm going to unmute you. Top we've gone to. It's not worth going to. <laughs> you know. A little while ago, Clark said, you got to get your clients to get better insurance companies. Who's a better insurance company? Heck, I love Erie. They've started referring Ritech for third-party evaluations now. I used to like USAA. The last three claims I've done with USAA, they've been paying me at us. Yes. Who's good anymore to say that about? Cincinnati. 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 Listen, Rich, what if, what if what if every insurance company was on Amazon with ratings from their users? How would they act then? If they were being scored, how would they behave? If they knew better. that their visibility was on Much the- better. Yes, that's the future. That is the future we are barreling into. That's just going to be the reality. I, I used to, every time I came across a poor sucker that had travelers or Allstate, I'd steer them towards Erie. I'd steer them, you know, because the Erie claims people have always been great around here. Now I hear everyone's telling me that, Ry- uh, what is it, Rytech? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had the, the, the pleasure yet. Hey, Rich, you know what happened, Rich? So Erie is in a rebel group, and they heard all the other insurance companies saying, oh, man, you're still being a nice guy? You got to do this. <laughs> and, and I wanted to go back to Sean's point for a minute. Sean was talking about how, the carrier calls and asks, you know, to drop the price. But the minute he rebounds and says, which scope line, it just goes, they're following a process. They're following a scripted training that if they ask every single homeowner, every contractor or home, you know, if they ask every contractor, will you drop it? A third of them are going to say, yeah, if it means you'll go ahead and send me the check. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. It makes it work. It makes it worth the process. They, they, they've got a game game plus there. Sean's got his hand up again. He does. He, he, you want more than one, more than one chance. Wow. All right, Sean, go ahead. Oh, looks like he's, Oh, where'd he go? Gone. Gonzo. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Chancy. Chancy's just showing just some ripped pecs right now. 
man, could you, could you move off of your cleavage for me? I'm, I'm sorry. You're distracting me. <laughs> but Bob has a mad Bob, get in here on that note. Let's learn from Bob. You know, I, I, I think we see rebels coming here from time to time and say, well, I get paid in 10 days and I've never been able to show them, prove it. I, I don't know anybody in this industry is getting paid in five or 10 days after the day it's done. Do y'all? No. Uh, evidently, there are some, there are some people. Hold on now. <clears throat> Hold How? on. How? Wait, Bob. Bob has something to say. Come on, Bob. I've got <laughs> Stephen. Hold it. Hold All on. Right. Easy, I'm Steve. muting Stephen. Going, going back to what you were just talking about with the insurance adjusters, I actually firsthand had a insurance company. We did a job, and they had a brand new in-house desk adjuster call a young kid, and. He says, look, your bill's too high. We need to cut this and this. I said, no, we're not doing it. We're just going to go to the homeowner, which you're not going to pay. And then he just kind of like spilled the beans at that point. He goes, oh, jeez. I mean, that's not going to work. I go, what's the problem? Well, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I just got this job. My boss tells me I got to call every contractor, no matter what they put in their bills. I got to call everyone and get them to cut their, their prices down. Exactly. That's, that's my job here. And I said, well, go back to your boss and tell him you tried with Mr. Timmel and it just didn't work. Because what you're not going to pay, we're just going to bill the owner and that's going to be it. Well, that doesn't work. I go, I know, maybe for you it does, but it works for me. <laughs> works just fine for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Don't do that. We'll pay it. I'll just, I'll just let him know I, I, I hate this job. He said, I just started this thing. I hate it. But that was proof in the pudding right there. The guy spilled his beans. That's what this job was. Exactly. <laughs> and they wonder why the insurance industry has such a hard time recruiting and retaining people. Yeah. People don't want to be adjusters anymore. It's a shitty job. Yeah, it is. So that's my two cents. First hand, I know that's what they do. Yeah, love it. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Bob, where can they read about how that works? How that works? What are you talking yeah. about? You know what I'm talking about, everybody. The don't you? Not you mean there, right? There somewhere? That, that's one of them. Delay, deny, defend. Yep. That's yes, one delay, of them. deny, defend. Yes. Yes. That's required reading, I think, for every rebel there is out there. It actually should be required reading. Oh. Maybe we should have a chapter a week on Tuesday nights. <laughs> the, book, the book reading club, okay? <laughs> uh, I think we have something else going on Tuesday nights. I'm not sure, though. Not, not sure about You could start every meeting off with one line from every paragraph. There you go. Well, well you, start, you start doing that, and people really won't show up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it was, pretty, it was pretty quiet in here. I mean, I could hear a pin drop next door in my neighbor's house as quiet as it was before I got on here at 745. Hard <laughs> uh, no. So are okay. you going to collect on that thing or what, Stephen? Look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the adjuster tomorrow. She's a half an hour away from me. I'm going to go see her. She's a senior representative. I'm going to say, look, I'll cut my bill in half just to please you so I can get paid. And then I'm going to collect the other half from the homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. No, what I'm going to do this is, look, I'm going to go to sleep tonight. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and watch the sunrise from the east just like I do every morning. And you know what? I'm going to go do my business yes, sir. just like I do every day. And you know what? I learned my lesson on this one, right? Got to tighten up the ducks. 
Yes, sir. Right? Get Nine out of ten is not bad, right? Nine out of ten, collecting from the homeowner, last ten water damages. This one just didn't happen. So now I'm waiting six weeks later, five weeks later, and I'm just like, okay, now what do I do? Now it's at review. Well, when's that going to be done? Don't know. I told my homeowner not to pay you. File okay. Intent to lean. Intent to lean. Intent to lean. Yes, sir. Get it done. Hey, hey, Stephen. Yeah. I know companies that have receivables that are 25% of their annual revenue right now. That's nuts. Think about that. That is nuts. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't live like I couldn't survive. My business would be over. Wow. I, I wouldn't be happy about it. I would not I be, would. A, I would be, I'd be looking for vacations and I'd, I'd go broke because I, I couldn't work that way. Unhappy camper. All right. So sounds like um, Ardno came in and kicked a hornet's nest, which was awesome. Sorry I missed that whole thing. Uh, do we want to go to a different night? No, I don't want to answer right now. Do we want to go to it? Does tonight work best for everyone? Let's put it in a group. Let's talk about it this week. Um, Clark and I are going to be in LA next week on Wednesday and then uh, still in LA Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, if you know anyone in LA that wants to learn the rebels, rebel ways, we're going to whip out all the voodoo and the juju and, and spill the beans on how the rebels get paid on Wednesday. I think Sean needs to come back out to California. Probably needs to. Just, and Danny, just Danny, Danny travels every day, so he needs to fly. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm getting real tired. I'm getting real tired. <laughs> Guys, I'm out. Everybody have a good night. Good. All right. Bless y'all. We'll see you in the group. Take care.